Coming up, what an excellent day for driving. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 58 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Chris saying, actually... I, uh... And it ends with the ringing of a phone. Now, who in the world could be calling at this time of the movie? Mm -hmm. Howard? Howard? Is it Howard? (laughs) But we'll have to find out. Let's get back to the top of it. Sorry, Howard calls and he's like, hey, I'm so sorry, baby. I was (laughs) on a boat in the middle of the Mediterranean. You know how it is. (laughs) So what's new with all you girls? Yeah. What's new with my favorite girls? Fill me in on all the deets. Yeah. <laughs> I once saw an improv show at Upright Citizens Brigade UCB in LA. Mm-hmm. As I love them. And um yes. and there was a really great uh team doing a Herald, which is one of the structures they do there. Yes. And they had this team there and then um and and it was fantastic. And then for some reason, one of their members, this is like a semi-pro team, so it was very unusual. One uh-huh. of their members was late and showed up on stage in the last two minutes of the whole thing. (laughs) And they'd done this whole show of like, you know, um, basically like one, two, three, four, like, like nine scenes, like nine wholly different scenes. And then she comes in and and then they notice her, their teammate coming in and she's like, Hey, what's going on here? And they're like, what do you want to tell the the whole thing? (laughs) And that's how they ended the whole 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 thing. thing. The whole show. That's how they ended their Herald was this member coming in. (laughs) And going like, what did I miss? (laughs) I love it. I love it. When you see a good Mm -hmm. improv show, it is like nothing else. It's like magic, Um, yeah. It is like magic. As good as any movie or any opera. Yes. So anyways, that's what Howard's... uh, Howard's That's that's what's going on. Fill fill Mm -hmm, me in. mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I decided to take you back, baby. Yeah. (laughs) But doing some thinking. Yeah. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> Disorder their nerves. What? <laughs> this sounds pretty expensive. Oh, I'm sorry. My connection's really bad out here now. <laughs> oh, he does that. He does that like like the mouth noises. Oh. You know, Chris is like, Chris is like, Howard, I know your face. It's like, shh, shh, I can't. Shh, 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 shh. Love you, babe. Shh, 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 shh. He makes little, he's like making little like beach noises. Like, oh, oh. Hard port on the starboard path. (laughs) Babe, I gotta go. It's all berries. (laughs) You know how it is. So, anyways, yeah, who could possibly be calling her? Yes, who could be? Um, But yeah, we're we're gonna find out. Um, No, we're not. Well, oh yeah, actually, we're not. As I try to segue, Keenan, yes, and come on. We were just talking about this. this. All right, yeah, we're totally going to figure out who called the Christmas Yeah, sure, sure. He's going to reveal himself. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but okay. Before we even, but we we have a whole minute to discuss. So let's let's get back to the top of our minute. We got we got Chris 
still in the uh, dimly lit office of Dr. Klein, still in that like beautiful, mm-hmm. if if beautifully sad shot with her in silhouette against the, the backdrop of the x-rays, um, uh, the dimly lit office. And she's explaining to Klein, answering his question from the previous minute about uh, uh, whether she's returning home soon to L.A. Uh, she says no. Uh, she's building a new house. Her old one has been sold. Now, I'm pretty sure this isn't in the book. Um, but I, I actually like this as an explanation of why she can't just like head home to meet with, you know, her normal people, her normal doctor, mm-hmm. because I, I'm thinking like after so many failed attempts here, she would get sick of these Washington doctors who, whom she already like didn't trust right. and, and fly her daughter back home, uh, you know, and go with her, her regular guy. I'm actually still not sure if this stops her from doing that. Actually, now that I think about it, like I'm, I'm not sure what else this edition would serve to accomplish. Keenan, what do you think? Does it does it maybe say something in the screenplay possibly? Oh, well, in there is in the script this edition. So this is Blatty deciding this at some point because in the script it has this exact line. And I'm building a new house and the old one's been sold. We wanted to go to Europe, et cetera. Um, so this wasn't something that they um, – you know, this is Blatty's. It wasn't Burson or Friedkin, apparently. You know, right? Um, but I think that I think it's really it's really nice. It makes her feel adrift, right? So she can't go mm. to this house with all these bad memories, and she can't quite go anywhere else. And um, I, you know, I'm I'm I'm. We're shooting. We're recording this in 2023. Mm. Uh, there might, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. Um, but right now, you know, the the students that I get are all. Um, they're all anarcho-communists, basically, right? They're all like, like tear everything <laughs> down. Any movie about a rich person, they're like, oh, you know, F that guy. Who cares about this rich person? Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a little bit like rich people problems of like, oh, you know, oh, poor right. me. I can't stay in my magnificent house here because my um, my fancy house in Malibu is is getting what? Like <laughs> getting an addition put on or something like that. Right. Yeah, but I think it's very effective here. It makes her feel lost and, and drifting through, you know? Yes, yeah. yes. So if you're listening in the communist future, I apologize for... for um, for supporting Chris McNeil in her in her, her first world problems. Is our podcast going to be even allowed to <laughs> to air in, in this future? Right. In the future, everyone is supposed to have their own um, exorcist podcast equally. <laughs> We're not allowed to be the holy guides. <laughs> everyone, everyone will examine, extrapolate, and excavate with equal measure. Not just other movies by minutes, just The Exorcist. That, that's, the, that's the one acceptable movie in this uh, dystopian future. I don't. I don't know if that if you've discovered that because your students are a little bit younger than mine. But my mm. students come in and they are they are rabidly anti-capitalist. <laughs> They're like tear mm. this whole thing down. And there's you know um, there's always these um, these uh, commentators who are like the universities turn the kids communist or you know they turn the kids Marxist. And like oh, that has not been my experience. <laughs> they are they they raise their hand and let's talk about capitalism. We watched Babe, Babe the Pig uh-huh. movie, and then yes. one of my students said. Um, I think I could say this here. We're in a safe space. That's how they all talk. They say they we're in a safe space, but the villain of Babe is capitalism. And then all these hands raise up throughout the entire classroom. They're like, yes, 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 yes. So, so wow. they bring that stuff in. Not, not me. Not me. Interesting. I mean, if you're listening in the communist future, it is me. I did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, Keenan. What are we? You know, why are we? Why are we stalling? <laughs> We're going to get low marks. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, let's let's lend into this minute. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I think this is a lovely moment with Chris here, and and yeah, yes. I, I think she is. She's adrift. She can't go anywhere. Yeah, I really do like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it because yeah, it 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 makes it so that she has no other choice. Mm-hmm. She she literally can't do anything else. This is she has put her trust um the the safety and well-being of herself and her daughter, more importantly her daughter, right. in the hands of of these people, these doctors, and that's all she can do. All she can do, she's she's been stripped of everything except hope mm-hmm. and and possibly faith and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah, it 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 does set up this this pang when she tells us her plans, right? Stuff that she was gonna do with Reagan, right? I was gonna take her to Europe mm-hmm. for a while after she finished school, right? That's that's always effective. Char- characters talking about what they were gonna do uh, with somebody right before they're surprised by a tragedy. I'm thinking mm-hmm. now, like I'm teaching of mice and men. Oh, if you want to get into <laughs> like you know, my my students my students love of mice and men. Oh, these communists. And they, <laughs> But they, but they hate the Great Gatsby. They're like, oh my god! <laughs> and it is like rich, rich white people uh-huh. being sad. Right. Oh my god! Give me, give me of mice and men, please. Right, right. Um, yeah. But to be fair, <laughs> oh, I'm Gatsby, and I have this mansion. I have I'm, this sad. Money. I'm so oh. sad. Yeah. Mm. Um. <laughs> My buddy fixed the World Series and made a million dollars, and I'm sad. <laughs> um, with his with his like like hundred dollar bills as a handkerchief. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, Butler, I'm so tired. Will you wipe my tears for me? <laughs> I be, like like this isn't any different from any other day. I will. I, I do that anyway. Uh, it's on my checklist. <laughs> it's, yeah. um, but no, it, but like talking about like. The, that's that's where the title of, of Mice and Men mm-hmm. comes from, right? The best laid plans of Mice and Men. Right. What is it in the Scottish? It's like aft gang agle, right? Which is which is often go wrong, mm-hmm. often you know fall apart. And that that whole story is is about this dream that those two characters have. Like we're gonna get this you know plot of land, mm-hmm. and and I'm gonna tend the rabbits. Tell me about the rabbits, George. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna spoil it for you guys, but they don't get to tend the rabbits. Right. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. say that. Um, and but it's like it's so effective. You know, like Steinbeck using that like that. I don't know what you would call it. not a gimmick, but it's like it's a it's a tool of of like this is what we're hoping will happen. Mm-hmm. We're we're so excited that it's going to happen. It almost happens, and it's not like at the front of our minds the whole time. Like they bring it up, and then we're kind of like, oh, that would be nice, but we don't really believe it. And then when when George needs to bring it up again, it's like, oh, there's that idea again, you know. Um, so it's not like we're co- it's not like they're. Um, the, the the book isn't about them like buying the deed to the rabbit farm or right, <laughs> or testing right. us. So we kind of forget it and it comes back and every time it does, it's like, oh, oh, geez. Right, right. Until that one time where like like yeah, for for the whole story it seems like this impossible dream. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, this is actually possible. Mm-hmm. And then tragedy. Right. Well, ask your students. I guess Chris is somewhere in between Gatsby and George and Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't live in. I, I can't go back to my old house because I'm selling it, and my new house is haunted. And, yeah, so we can't go to the continent and take my <laughs> my daughter to the Uffizi and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. So 
all that to say, right? Like I feel for Chris here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's 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 really really hard. But okay, so she's wondering why Dr. Klein is asking this, like why Dr. Klein is asking about uh, her going home, and he says, well, okay, first he leans back in his chair, he puffs out his cheeks. You can tell that he's also out of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always that's always so much more distressing when a person that you're trusting is like, I got nothing like that's, <laughs> Oh, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's actually good that Chris isn't looking at him. Um, but he thinks it's time they started looking for a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and we do a hard cut because Keenan, you and I both know, like we talked about this in previous minutes. We talked about like, this is the best time to cut mm-hmm. because you and I both know Chris jumped up from that table and she was like, <laughs> fucking finally, the thing that she's been asking for this whole time, the thing that these doctors have been telling her is a hasty decision, a bad de- decision. Mm-hmm. And now this guy puffs out his cheeks and is like, you know what we should do? <laughs> That hard that hard cut was equivalent to us quickly and quietly backing out of the room because we knew we knew what was gonna you know what was gonna happen. I'm thinking like she gets up on the yeah she gets up on the table she's like Eric Cartman all of a sudden she's like ha, 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 I told you so I told you so <laughs> you didn't want to cast a catches now you're gonna have to <laughs> you have a you have a completely different um, image of Chris McNeil than I do. <laughs> just doing her little victory dance on the table. I made you eat your parents. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> and we've talked about we've talked about Cartman on on the uh, on, on previous episodes oh, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like that's that's the one I'm editing right now. So this is all fresh. Um, god, yeah, he is a horrible son of a bitch. Yeah, he's not, you're not um, supposed to like him. <laughs> no, you're, you're. Do you hear that, listeners? <laughs> you are not supposed to like right. Eric Cartman. He's a capitalist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I, I what I like about one of the things I like about this. So we're doing this. This minute is across this shot, right? Like our our, yes. our previous minute. I mean, was was at the beginning mm-hmm. of the shot. And so I've been thinking about this for a little while as we're between minutes. And mm-hmm. um, Chris is really emotional here, and she's crying, you know, and yes. um, and we hear it sobbing, and it, it's again speaking to. Uh, what we typically will use a close-up for. We you talked about this previously on this minute, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Sir Michael Caine and his uh, his tutelage of you. And uh, if that's the right word, he, uh, you know, and he's like stillness in the close up, right? Because in the close up, if it's on your face, we're seeing all this stuff that you don't even know that you're doing as an actor necessarily. And right. you don't have to do a lot. And we, we, we read into it. So close ups are better for stillness. Um, you know, when we have somebody crying in a close up, we can't look at it too long because that's just so uncomfortable right. for us. We're like, ooh, ooh, I don't want to look at this. So here we have Chris in silhouette in profile. And she's having for us the first time where she's really been like, you know, just crying, like, like, like just right. completely mm-hmm. out of control, sobbing. And, 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 uh, so I like it here that we're, we have this profile. It's a little bit more objective as opposed to subjective. We can just mm-hmm. take her in and go, okay, okay, good. Like we get it. We can sympathize with you, but we're not just like, Ooh, this is too uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah, actually, so like to that, like, I'm sure, you know, rather than, you know, exploding mm-hmm. at Dr. Klein or, or, you know, <laughs> jumping up on the table, <laughs> doing a little victory, you know, um, I'm I'm sure actually Chris is like she's so exhausted mm-hmm. she's so depleted it probably wouldn't even be this huge reaction like if we lingered um it would probably be this like defeated sigh or or something like something small and helpless right but again I like the choice of the hard cut because you you can kind of have 
whatever you want, mm-hmm. right? Whatever the audience is is feeling like, if the audience is going to be like, finally, right? Um, you know, and and again, we've we've forgotten that it's a demon, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're just frustrated with these doctors, right? Or or yeah, are we are we actually? frustrated because we know it's a demon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are we not instead being like, oh my God, not another blind alley. Like, when are they going to get to the exorcism? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, but I like it because the cut says so much by not allowing the character to say anything, right? By not allowing Chris to react. It's like we were saying in the previous minute, right? This is a perfect cutoff point for this scene. Um, so now we're in the car with Chris we we did a hard cut from Klein's office to the car. Mm-hmm. Now we're driving home, and boy, there is so much going on behind uh, Chris's uh, uh, or behind Ellen Burstyn's eyes. Right. right. However, you feel that last bit of news should hit her. It's definitely hitting her as she drives home. This, I think, is the beginning, or at least perhaps a, a good line of demarcation as Chris transforms, and that's something we don't necessarily think about. Right? Like. The transformation of Chris throughout the movie, we think about Reagan, but Chris undergoes a transformation as well. And and like you said, Keenan, here she is with her famous scarf. This is the first time we've seen it, right? Like she's she's we were we were joking about before. Like if there if there were if there was like a toy line of of these characters, right? You would have you would have Sleeping Beauty party dress Chris, and then you would have uh, uh, sunglasses and scarf Chris, and you'd have to have those. You wouldn't be able, you you know you wouldn't this wouldn't be a line where you would like dress up uh, uh, the uh, the figures, right? You'd have to buy a whole separate figure. I I did a search while you were talking about uh, Funko Pops, and there I don't think oh. that there is a Chris. McNeil Funko Pop. I couldn't find them. There is a Reagan McNeil Funko Pop, and she right, is right. in. Well, why don't you describe to me what the Reagan McNeil Funko Pop would look like? Oh, uh, just guessing, not yeah, looking exactly, myself. Exactly. Oh, oh, it would be the famous. Like it would be her in the bed. Uh-huh. Um, you know, she's all green, right. and she's got like maybe um, a little bit of like a you know like vomit mm-hmm. like you know, drying <laughs> on her right. chin. Uh-huh. And she's in the she's in the blue nightgown. Uh-huh. She's probably got like the crazy eyes. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, and obviously, it's a Funko Pop, so she's got no mouth or, or right. anything you're like that. You're very good at this. The one thing you're missing from this is a little scarring of the face. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, of course. Yes, yes. I mean, like. Yeah, but you have the blue nightgown and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So there yeah. isn't a Chris McNeil one that I could see, but I would certainly think it would have this scarf and the giant sunglasses from later and, and all of that. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Get on it, Funko yeah, Pop. <laughs> come on, Funko Pop, right? Like, you're going to have a whole new group of, uh, of, of people buying Funko Pops <laughs> after this episode and and they're going to be like, well, we have, we already have the Reagan one. Like, what about, and also, what about normal Reagan? Come on. <laughs> what about Sharon? What about Sharon? We need a, we need a Sharon. We need a Father. Car- you don't even have Father Funko Pop. Step up. Like, we need a Karis. We need a Marin. Mm-hmm. We need a. I bet you have a Pazuzu. You got to have a Pazuzu. You probably already have a Pazuzu. I don't see one. Really? Mm-hmm. Funko Pop. <laughs> I am disappointed. I see. I see one that you could buy of Reagan McNeil signed by Linda Blair. Oh, well, there we go. $80. That's not bad at all. $80? Wow. Uh, Hang on, Keenan. I'm just going to open a tab here. I'm just going (laughs) to purchase. Yeah. (laughs) Or a Captain Howdy Funko Pop? Yeah, I don't see any of that. That would be – well, how would you even do that? (laughs) Just a Ouija board. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or just just the face, but then like the – well, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. How did you do that? (laughs) Well, anyway, all right. We got, we got, we got uh, uh, the South Park trap, the Funko Pop trap. <laughs> oh, don't get in this! I have one Funko Pop, and I have oh, it on yeah, my, oh. I have it on my uh, shelf. And whenever yeah. I show it to people, I say, 
do not take this as a sign that I want you to buy more Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one I have. I don't want any more. And the one I have is Mr. Mittens from Soul, who's the cat who goes to heaven. Well, there we and go. And that's it. Yeah. It's a rainbow looking cat thing. Like, I don't, I don't want any more. Don't buy me any more. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any Funko Pops. I'm trying to think of something that I would love so much mm-hmm. that I would want a small uniform distorted <laughs> version that that has uh you know sapped all of its appeal mm-hmm. no i'm kidding guys I, you know funko pops are great if you have funko pops they're awesome yeah, yeah. um but yeah but it's a trap uh, it's a but it is. it's a capitalist trap for sure <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? Like, here's my Uncle Sam uh, uh, Funko Pop. It's- <laughs> but they are so expensive, and, and you buy you, you buy so many of them, and, mm-hmm. and you keep them in the box as if they're going to be worth more later. But they're not. Oh boy, that's what it is, folks. In, folks in the future, folks in this in this uh, communist future, um, are your houses built out of uh, those those boxed up Funko Pops? Is that what this is? We suddenly don't. We suddenly don't have an economy, and people are, are walking around uh, with wheelbarrows full of Funko Pops. They're using them for insulation, right? right? Yeah, yeah. We've solved the housing crisis by using this this materials, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get back. Let's get back into the Exorcist. Let, we're back in the car with Chris now. Keenan, for a second, I thought it might be raining outside the car. But of course, like in a couple of seconds, we're going to see the outside and we see that it's not. But wouldn't you agree that from the inside of this car, everything looks sort of wet? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I guess I had the same assumption as you that it, it, they're, it's raining. Yeah. Right. So I mean, we're, that? <laughs> we're like we're matching – Chris's emotions uh-huh. with the weather. Um, by the way, that's another. That's another. We're going to jump over this Shakespeare trap. We're not going to fall in. <laughs> but that's another Shakespeare thing in like Caesar and Macbeth and and other places. Like the weather is always kind of like a mirror of what the characters are feeling. Um, I've heard that's a common idea in romanticism in general and all of its different forms, which which go back and forth between classicism and romanticism. Like ah, even so, even okay. like before, like Shakespeare wouldn't have called himself a romantic because that's like a what like a 1700s term. Right, but right. basically, like every every generation of art had been fluctuating between classes, classical and romantic. So Shakespeare would have mm-hmm. been that group, and that's a common thing. Like the weather is um, is reflective of their emotions. Um, beautiful scenery means beautiful drama between the characters. Ugly scenery, right. yeah. yeah, that gives us yeah. oh my god, oh, gothicism yeah. and, and all that stuff. Right? Exactly. Oh, I can I can feel the music just climbing. <laughs> <laughs> Like the vines, like were crawling out. They were going to grab us and, and pull us under. It's like, we, okay, we're out, we're out, we're out. Oh my god, that was that was close. Um, but yeah, maybe yeah, maybe maybe we can't give him credit for that. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm thinking now. I'm I must be doing this. I'm I'm combining Chris's face and her mm-hmm. red rimmed eyes. You know, and you see that that they are wet, right? As if as if she just left Doctor Klein's office, right? She got in her car and just sat there. That is a scene that probably happened, right? She got in her car, mm-hmm. she sat there before she started driving, and she just had this like, you know, a private little cry. Maybe. I mean, right? that's what like, I would do. That's what I do before I start my engine every day. Yeah, <laughs> every day. It's like I don't I don't want to go to school. I don't want to yeah, teach yeah, these yeah. kids. Okay. <laughs> That's our that's our ritual before we start this podcast. Right, like, I don't do <laughs> Five seconds of crying. Let's go. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we, I, I, I expertly cut it out so you guys don't. Hear it. But, um, but yeah, that's the the like when when I get the file, the first five seconds is just us uh, us, us sobbing. It's like <laughs> I don't want to do this. Um, yeah, but no, I I can I can absolutely see that 
happening and th- and then she you know she she composes herself and and she starts the car and she leaves right mm-hmm. um but yeah but but then even the music right it's like making me think of a like a drizzly rainy traffic washington night mm-hmm. right i swear in my mind's eye even now i'm thinking of it right i don't have the the video open but like like i'm seeing the windshield wipers moving across the screen <laughs> but i i know they're not right? right so what's going on like is this just me or like you said you got the same feeling yeah you know? absolutely uh, yeah until you pointed out I, I didn't quite realize it but yeah it looks like we're in a sort of a bubble in this car and um you know part of this car i'm almost certain I, I don't have the proof of it. I'm almost certain this shot of Ellen Burstyn is in a non-moving car um, mm. that they're shooting. So I've been around this more and more. Our cinematography teacher, UNLV Film, makes the cinematographer uh-huh. students do this every year um, mm. in what's called a process shot. So a process shot would be the car like on a, a green screen or a rear projection or anything like that. And then, you know, right. um, the less experienced actors... Uh, um, you know, jam the wheel left and right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, right, yeah. right. <laughs> like Dr. Klein. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but no, so it's, it's basically like, Oh, you know, the actor is there and they're doing their scene, but what's behind mm-hmm. them is not really, um, not really cars moving around. They're usually like just string lights or something like that. So I've done that in one of my movies. And then now I've, I've been around a more sophisticated version. And I'm pretty sure this is just her on a studio um, with this car. And we have, um, a uh, little light because all you you don't need you don't actually see any cars behind her you just see headlights right right so yeah yes. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on and then we have some lights that are being um, rotated in front of her like a grip or something kind of mm-hmm. that whoosh whoosh and it's the same light over and over again um, yeah so it's not literally raining but you know part of the artifact uh, or the um, is that the word of it a, part, a relic of that would be um, sort of this gauzy look around the car windows that makes it feel a little yes. more yeah like we're underwater or something like that. Yeah. Um, now it seems as if the music is just called string quartet. Um, at least that's what the Amazon X-ray says. Um, these, this Amazon X-ray has, 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 uh, bitten us in the past so many times now. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to, uh, trust anymore. Right. It's, it's, it's as, it's as, uh, untrustworthy as Reagan's (laughs) X-rays, right? Like just miscrediting people, not crediting people. Sometimes they'll have like a little bit of trivia, but it's like entirely in the wrong place. Right. Right. But yeah, um, the x-ray just says String Quartet National Philharmonic conducted by Leonard uh, Slatkin. Um, so it gives us the conductor but not the composer. Could we then <laughs> could we then credit this to our mysterious exorcist composer? I wouldn't trust it. I don't understand it. It's such a sh- and it's such a short cue, right? It's, it's a very it short is, music yeah. cue. So yeah, I don't know. If anyone has a better way, uh, teach us how to research this kind of thing because it's uh, – <laughs> We've been trusting uh, Jeff Bezos, who in our communist future is um, like the uh, the village fool. Like he's in the he's in the square of this muddy town, and <laughs> your job as you go past is to throw mud at Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is this is where it begins. People start to realize how how terrible the Amazon X ray is, and that causes the communist revolution. <laughs> this is this is how we we uh, secure our immortality. We'll be we'll be in the history books. Well, no, they won't be books. Won't be books. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be in the history. Um, PDFs. Uh, and it'll be like, well, yes, you know, the hosts of the Exorcist Minute were the first to point out that the Amazon X-rays were not always correct. Um, f- pioneers of their time. And a fire emerged out from, from where, like, where are we most listened to right now? I suppose in, in, in America. But we have had some, yes. some yeah, listens in, uh, yeah. in Africa and other places. So yes, we've had we've had one listen in Africa. That is my favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. One, the one person in Africa, um, come back to us. <laughs> oh, as in they they listened uh, once. 
they listened once because I have I have so so on my on my uh, hosting site I'm able to uh, uh, look at the locations of all the downloads and like at the very 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 beginning of this show I'm like oh let's look look at that like you know we have you know in um, in North America we have this many uh, downloads in in South America we have this many down in Europe we have this many and and uh, you know in Australia we have this many and in Africa the entire continent. <laughs> of africa we have one download and so that's that's just one person's like oh the exorcist minute and they listen to like you know the first five seconds of it was like nah and whoever Who you know please come back sir to madam please like like we promise we've gotten better please give us another chance i'm saying this i like i they're not listening so they're not hearing this <laughs> Guys, other other Exorcist Minute listeners, please uh, uh, send an email to Africa <laughs> and just just whoever whoever downloaded that one episode and didn't like it, just please tell them that we've gotten better. Right. Um, yes, please. But who knows what they really want? Like they thought they were getting the movie The Exorcist or something. <laughs> like, oh, you nice, right? Oh, the entire Exorcist in one <laughs> right. minute. Oh, that's not what this no. is. What are these people talking about? <laughs> they just—they're talking about every other movie except The Exorcist. Right. But in the future, you could see on the PDF the the communist revolution spreading out from that one place in the entire continent of Africa. <laughs> so it was slower. <laughs> <laughs> it was one house in um in Djibouti, and <laughs> we, we yeah. that spread out very slow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this minute. Um, so we cut from Chris's face to a shot of the road being eaten up by by Chris's uh, headlights, mm-hmm. um, and I like that. Like, like it does tell us how dark the outside is, right? Like those two headlights are the only source of light, right? right? It seems on the road, and then back to Chris as a flash of red hits her face and then something catches her eye she turns and as she does the music bleeds seamlessly with the sound of sirens and we cut to what she's driving up on and it appears to be a lot of commotion right we got a large group of people we got what are either um red flares on the ground mm-hmm. or maybe they're the lights of cars maybe like you know um like uh, uh, the backlights of of cars or motorcycles or something like that right it happened so fast i couldn't quite make it out oh um, i think it's both you... i think it's both okay. those right. here, but they're definitely they're definitely sidewalk flares yeah like like maybe someone uh put some of those like red flares down there to like to mark mm-hmm. out an area um but yeah, uh, we then cut to a shot where we are following Chris's car as it drives past all of this. Um, would this be more motivated camera movement? That sure is. Yay. <laughs> I love sure it. Sure is, Mr. Clark. Mm, okay, very, very good. Yeah, so so we are motivated to follow uh, Chris McNeil in her car. Um, but what I like here is this cool trick they do, right? I've seen this done before, um, where we start by following Chris, then we stop, even though Chris is still going, her car exits the frame, and we linger now on this new scene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is at once such a theatrical, um, presentational technique, like, like how we used characters almost like curtains opening up on Burke, right? right? And the astronaut at the party. Um, So it's at once like a theatrical technique and also a human trait. Mm -hmm. It's as if we are following Chris with our eyes and then our eyes are distracted by a bigger shiny, Mm -hmm. right? And and we're like, hang on, what's going on over there? So then is is this motivated or unmotivated? Like what's going on? This this change right here. I think this is where we, where our, 
our terms become less valuable for us, right? Because you're right. <laughs> what's more oh, value? Yeah. What's what's motivating it more? Yeah, the bigger shiny is all this commotion, et cetera. So, hmm, I would say it's still motivated, even though okay, it contradicts my definitions from earlier, <laughs> right? Because I think it's exactly what you're saying, right? Like, like we have been, um. Like a magic trick, like a magician's left hand is saying, and here we go over here, and then the right mm-hmm. hand comes over and picks up where the left hand was, and it moves us to the other side, you know, we're right. being motivated by that. Yeah. So, like, our, our eyes were naturally following Chris's car, mm-hmm. so maybe we didn't notice the camera, right. but then the camera stopped following her, so so that might be um, – yeah, well, you say, you say motivated, so um, – but then – it was unmotivated when we started backing away at the dinner party. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. This is, I think, yeah, we, the camera stops and there's all this other commotion. The poli- a police car is pulling into the, into the, um, onto the sidewalk basically. And so, yeah, we're looking at all this other stuff and her eye doesn't go, oh, I miss Chris. It's like, oh, look at this, this interesting stuff here. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so this, this is a crazy mm-hmm. shot here. We got, we got a lot of red. The night is sort of, uh, naturally black with splashes of fluorescent white, uh, and then splashes, uh, of brighter, more alarming red over that. Um, we got people running to see what happened. So, so whatever happened literally just happened, I guess. And are we supposed to notice that these are the stairs? These are the stairs or is that shot too fast? I think the shot is too fast. And also think about this, like, like does, does Chris realize that this is the edge of her house. Like she is, she's new here, right? Right. Um, she's rented this. I don't know. She's never gone down the stairs as far as we know. Like that wouldn't, right. Like, we would probably have a shot of that happening. So she might not actually even be connecting that this is the back of her house. Interesting. Yeah. That like, that was the thing I, I thought of like watching it this mm-hmm. time. Like, and I was, th- I was like, okay, if it were me and I was driving up on a part of my mm-hmm. house, like literally the back, cause uh, folks, yeah, this is, you know, I don't think we're spoiling anything. Right. This is the back of, this is, these are the famous stairs. This is the back of Chris's house. That's where like all of these people are gathered, mm-hmm. right? For what reason we don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, if it were me driving up, uh, like, and seeing a whole bunch of bunch of people like gathered around the back of my house, mm-hmm. I I would pull up also, and I'd be like, "Hang on, like, I live here. Right. What's going on?" But she passes by, so so yeah. So Keenan, I think you're right. Like, the house is so big, and it's like on this like brick hill, mm-hmm. and it's it's like part of like a bunch of other. Uh, the hill is not the hill is not just hers alone right. right like there are other houses there right yeah when we see it from when we see it in the wide um in the shot that that takes us from a rock to georgetown yeah yeah mm-hmm. she shares it with a bunch of different people right right so those necessarily aren't her stairs they're just stairs like uh, near the back of her house yeah and again they're closest to her daughter's window um it's not necessarily right. near the front of the house so she might not have ever um she she been yeah, back she there might not have ever been back there exactly and she certainly has not parked her car over here by whatever building this is and walked up these stairs, right? She right. might not know okay. this is a, a, her house at all. Um, mm. If we have the opportunity to, and you can go frame by frame um, through mm. the shot of Chris's car uh, as, it, as it passes by that we were talking about, it looks like it's Ellen Burstyn or, or a double that's pretty close to Ellen Burstyn. And there's no mm. like, there's no like recognition at all of like, oh, this is anything of importance to me. It's just, I'm driving past. Like, yeah. So, so Chris might not know that uh, these are the stairs behind her house. But Keenan, what about us? Like like have we established yet that these stairs are outside Reagan's window? Has the movie like like Chris Chris might not know this, but do we know this? I'm trying to think back like if if we ever had a shot where Friedkin was like, see this window, see these stairs? Like hmm. I certainly don't think so in the original 1972 theatrical cut, but in 
TVYNS, the version you've never seen, we start with um, the image of the window. I'm going to go back and look at that just for a second and see um, and see what we're supposed to know there. It is that house, but no, no stairs. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're supposed to know that yet. Interesting. But it is clear that whatever happened ended at the bottom of those stairs. That's where that's where all the action is. Um, that's where the crowd is gathered, um, covering up the the scene at the foot of the stairs. We got uh, what looks like a cop halfway up the stairs. Um, and then, Keenan, what is that building to the right? That like gothic archway with with what looks like like a, a, a medieval portcullis. Like you see that? Like like my immediate thought was that it was the church, and then I was like, no, they're not that close. Like, but what else could it I don't be? No, it probably can't. It can't be like the church, the church with um where that Reagan went and defaced and stuff like that. I mean, it would be really convenient. <laughs> well, that makes a little bit more sense than her like Scooby Dooing all over the place around town without a car, right? Right. Mm. <laughs> but these are these are real. Places. Where you going, <laughs> Mish? I want to go to the the, the Dolgren Chapel, please. <laughs> Why do you sound like that, Miss? Uh, allergies. <laughs> these are real places. I mean, we could we could investigate it. I wonder. Hmm, sorry to do this on the air again, but let's see if I could. Yeah, Google Maps, <laughs> Ex- Exorcist. <laughs> Stairs, Georgetown. All right, here we go. I got him. You got a picture of him on Google Maps. The oh, Exorcist wow. Steps, Georgetown University Graduate School of Arts and Sciences. Okay, so to mm. do, do, do well right now in 2023 or whatever this um this Google Maps image was made. You know the uh, Google Earth thing. That porch is. Or that what do you call it a porticulus? <laughs> so yeah, well the the, the door, uh, the medieval like like dungeon looking door, that's a portcullis, and but the archway is it well, it's just an archway. Yeah. yeah, right now there's there's glass, uh, so they've they've filled it in with glass, and it looks like hmm. it looks like these archways are yeah part of uh, the Georgetown School of Art. Interesting. So I don't know what they were in the 1970s, but I I think not a church for sure. Okay. All right. So, but like, but so the Georgetown School of Art, so like part of Georgetown University. Yeah, that is part of Georgetown, but I don't know if it was in 1972. You know, like at UCLA okay. uh, or even UNLV where I, I am now, but where I went to school at UCLA, it's like you know, um, m- a mile away. They've they've got office space, you know, and they've uh, yeah. yes. But anyways, it looks like everything as you look up the steps, everything to the right of the extra steps right now is Georgetown. Georgetown Data Analytics Program, Georgetown University Graduate Studies for Art, Institute for Palestine Studies, like it's all Georgetown. Wow. So, okay, like in the book, after Father Karras has met Reagan and decided to help her, there's a scene where he's like up late doing research and he looks out his window across the way and he can see their house. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember thinking, God, how small is this world? Like, like, (laughs) Like say that like I I remember also like there's a scene where Kinderman is looking out over the river at the at the same house and I'm like is this a much smaller town than I originally had in my wow. head like are are all these locations like isolated to a couple like blocks within each other I or? don't know why we didn't do this earlier <laughs> and look at this but <laughs> forgive us listeners we have sinned but now that I have it on Google Maps. Yeah. One star. They don't even know <laughs> the geographical location of all of these lo- of all of these uh, settings in this movie. Okay. So Healy Hall where we see Chris and Burke shooting their giant Mr. Smith goes to Washington movie. Right. Is at Healy Hall where in front of this giant lawn. And mm-hmm. now I'm putting them into Google Maps to get to the Exorcist steps from Healy Hall. It is a 6-minute walk. Interesting. Yeah, so these are very very close to each other. Okay. And so and and Karis would be 
he would be there like in residence at the Georgetown like residence hall right. um, of universe. So he could hypothetically, he could like be working at his desk and he just looks up out his window and he could see her house. He, he could see Chris's house. That is, that is very plausible. Yes. So wow. now that I'm looking at it, right. If you're looking up the exorcist steps, if you were uh-huh. to go left, that would be Georgetown proper. And then to the right now, I'm sure that this is like the, the university creeping in and buying stuff afterwards um, is now annexes of all these different um, places for the university overflow. Wow. That is, that is so wild to think. Like, I, like in my head, I'm thinking like everybody, you know, Detective Kinderman is off over here in the police station and it's all the way downtown and, and Chris McNeil's house is like uptown and it's, it's over here. And then, uh, you know, uh, Georgetown University and, and, and Father Karras are like somewhere else. And, and it, like, they're all kind of like, like in different parts of the city, but it, it, like, it's, it's all so close. That's crazy. Right. I don't know why I didn't look at that earlier. Yeah. Cause it does feel like they're going all over, but then it explains that, that yeah, probably Blatty was very familiar with these steps. So he wasn't just thinking about like a step somewhere. He was thinking right, about these yeah. particularly because this is yeah. Right around the corner from where he spent years of his life. Right. Wow. That is really, really cool. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so we're back, we're back, uh, uh with Chris now. And, uh, as she pulls up to her home, we are greeted with another sound bridge here. Another J cut Keenan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I am absolutely right. Would you say that I ate it? <laughs> you ate. I ate. Okay. Oh, not ate it. Okay. No. <laughs> I think it, I think it's like, I think it's like great, but they don't have time to say the GR. Wow. I think it's like you, you, you ate. Lester. Talking about how are they how are they going to survive in this communist future <laughs> if they're too lazy to say the, the GR? No, they're so much smarter. They, they've, they've figured out they don't need to say it. <laughs> <laughs> You're great, Lester. No, no, no. You ate. You you ate. I gotcha, so. gotcha. I know. I remember. I remember what Shakespeare said. He said, "Brevity is." <laughs> <laughs> that was William Shakespeare, or as the kid call the kids call him, uh, Billy Shakes. Um, yeah, but yeah, okay. So, but yeah, so this is a J cut because um, we got the sound of Chris's phone happening before uh, we cut to the inside of the house. Right, it's happening as she's pulling up in the driveway, right. um, and and then we get to see the house. I promise, guys, we'll get some L cuts in there soon, um, where the sound lingers into the next shot. Right, there's one that sticks out clearly in my mind, if my memory is correct. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, the very last bit of this minute is the first second of a new shot. We are in the McNeil home. Uh, the phone is ringing and the lights are going crazy. What is going on? We'll have to wait until the next minute to find out. And we're definitely going to find out who's been calling Chris in the middle of the movie. In the middle of the movie. Who could be calling in the middle of the movie? <laughs> Don't you know what time of the movie it is? Mm-hmm. Turn off your I told phones. you never to call me. Yeah. <laughs> Pay it should be in airplane mode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's all my notes for this minute. Keenan, did, did we miss anything? I think we got it. Okay, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Letterboxd and Instagram as Howdy Keenan. Awesome. Our website for the show is theexorcistminute.com. We also have a Facebook page, so if you like us and you want to share us with your friends, you can head on over there. If you don't like us and you want to share us with your enemies, you can do that too. <laughs> um, we also have a listener group on Facebook. It's called Compelling Conversations, an Exorcist Minute listener group. Uh, just request to join. 
join. We'll let you in. You can be in there with us. Um, and, uh, and of course, uh, if you want to leave us a message, our email is theexorcistminute at gmail.com, all one word. Uh, we want to hear from you. Tell us how you found this film. What's your what's your history with it? What's the scariest moment in the movie for you? Uh, lastly, if you liked the show and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is just head on over and give us a little five-star review, right? That'll help other people find us and we can keep growing this cool community. Uh, okay, so Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. The power of George and Lenny compels you.